0: He's got a beautiful backswing.
1: Dad! oh, he got all of that one.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. <laughs> oh,
2: my God, you had to deal with the golf course people, too. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know? What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole It. Is Masters Week. It's been a long five months, boys, with no Masters, but not to worry because Masters Week is here. We've got a great Masters Week on tap for you. We've got our man Jim Woodward. Woody joining us later in the show after the break today. We'll have Craig Humphreys on with us tomorrow. We're going to try to fit another show in later in the week. We've got a lot of big stuff planned for Masters Week, and we've got so, so much to get to today, including... One of the new Masters favorites who is vaulting up the boards in terms of the odds. And that is the winner of the Valero Texas Open for the first time in nearly four years. For the first time in 83 starts on Easter Sunday, Jordan Spieth resurrected himself to the winner's circle and took it down for his 12th PGA Tour victory in his home state of Texas. Great, great story for the
1: game of golf. All that Jordan Spieth needed in these 1,351 days was for oh. me to pick him to win. That was the first time I picked him to win in well those 1,351 well 1, days. I appreciate it.
2: It's hard to be that right and lose all your bets at the same time. <laughs> but we'll get to that
1: later. We'll get to that later. No, but uh, what an unbelievable week by speeds. He called it a monumental win for him. And and hearing him in his post game uh, or post uh, round interview, um, he mentioned a word. The word of the day today, boys, is lightness. He said light, like light on your feet, lightness. He, he said he felt a lightness about him when he woke up on Sunday morning. Um, and that's something that we haven't seen in Jordan Speed's game recently, at least mentally. It seems like he was playing with a billion bricks on his head, you know? And, uh, and, and, and he said all that weight was off his shoulders, and he just went out and played. And um, man, it's going to be really cool to see Jordan Speed at the Masters this week because before all three of his other majors, he's played well, and so he's one of those guys that likes to play his play his way into a major. And so um, I'm really excited. I'm 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 really happy for Jordan Speed.
3: Yeah, no. I mean, we'll obviously, with it being Masters Week, we have so much content to get it to, and and everyone out there listening is going to love it. I mean, this is all of our f- essentially favorite week of the year, always, and, and it is a little bit different since we had it back in November, but it still doesn't. It's, it almost makes it even better, in my opinion. But nevertheless, getting back to Spieth, you know, I, I had come out with the prognostication of I thought he was going to be up around the leaderboard for a long stretch of time and never get it done. Sort sort of like the Tony now probably wouldn't go forty five tournaments or whatever in the world. He's gone now without winning. But with Spieth, what I noticed on the back nine was particularly just good, confident decision-making. And I thought that that was, besides the second shot on 18, which I want to get to that because that was one of the most idiotic things i ever seen. But, <laughs> what, but, like, for example, the drive that he hit on 18, that was so pure. I mean, and to think that six months ago he was going to be able to step up on a tee shot that mattered. And that's not a very... Um, that's a very narrow driving hole, boys, because as we saw, Matt Wallace lands right in the middle of the fairway. He kicks just a little bit left, and he is totally screwed behind the tree. Charlie Hoffman hits it 10-yard drive the fairway. He hits some trees, and he's in the rough. He had a shot, luckily. But nevertheless, I mean, that fairway's narrow, and Spieth put it right where you needed to put it. And he hit so many great little finesse shots around. I mean, I believe the, the strokes gained around the green for the event. He was one of, if not the leader up what, what, there. what hole
2: was it on Saturday where he played the mega flop off the dead lie, hit it up to like 18 inches, and tapped it in? Was that... Seventeen, maybe on, on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah, yeah, that was yeah off of the uh, off
3: the hard pan. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, that was seventeen. Had to take it over yeah. a
2: bunker from like fifty yards yeah. and just opened the face to like eighty degrees and swung as hard as he could. Shots like that that he was playing this week. I mean, that's
3: that's vintage speed. Yeah, and you know, my my dad had asked me back on Friday. He's like, you know what? What are you seeing in speed now that that he wasn't doing? And don't forget, guys. I mean, we're three or four months ago, he was like 93rd in the world. He was mm-hmm. almost outside the top 100. And then all of a sudden, he just sparks this reel of really good play. I think it was, what was it, Phoenix, where he shot the 60 or the 61? 61 I, on Saturday yeah, in that, Phoenix. That's yeah, that's kind of what propelled him, it seemed like. And he's just been able to nonstop from there. And what I told Randy, uh, my dad, was that, you know, I just felt like he finally transitioned from playing golf swing to just playing golf. Absolutely.
1: You yeah, know? It, and, and it, to speak to that point, you know, he made no double bogeys all week at that golf course. To Are you do that kidding that... me? That's that. That's why he won. Cu- and then... coming from a guy in Jordan Spieth who was making a double bogey, what, twice
2: around? Yeah, for exactly. a seemingly
1: about two years. Exactly. And you saw, especially before the cut uh, at the Valero, how many? How many? Double bogeys and high numbers, double bogey plus numbers are out there at uh, TPC San Antonio. But what I saw from Spieth under pressure yesterday was really impressive. Putting, he was about a shot and a half positive on the field strokes gained, and and he hit ten of fourteen fairways on that course under pressure. And and most
2: of them were on the back nine because on the front nine he 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 missed his first
1: three fairways of the day yesterday. Yes, ten of fourteen. Yeah, exactly. So he hit basically all of them on the back, Mm -hmm. and so I thought. I thought it was just a, a great performance by Spieth. Uh, one one guy that we might not talk about for very long, I just wanted to bring up. I thought it was interesting that Matt Wallace uh, around are on the greens this week putting was lost shots on the field, and he and he was still fourteen under. I mean, that's unbelievable. If, if someone is pissed off about not winning this tournament, it should be Matt Wallace. Yeah, he's,
2: I mean, he went bananas approaching the green. Matt Wallace did. Led the field in strokes gained approach by nearly three-tenths of a shot per round over the next best guy in the field. But I want to talk about Jordan Speeth and his iron play because I- anyone who's really paid attention to the analytics, not just recently, but since it really started to become a thing as Spieth was coming up on the tour, knows that the reason he was dominating in 15, 16, 17 was because his iron Play was just the best in the world. He was knocking down flag sticks from everywhere, and he's starting to do that again. And that's what's propelling his game. You know, a lot's going to be made of the putter, and he was great putting this week. He gained uh, almost a shot and a half on the field per round putting, but for the event, his best category was approach the green. And that, I mean, he gained nearly two shots around 1.85 shots per round. Approach the green, uh, which I don't know where that would have ranked in the field. It would have put him fourth. He would have been yep. behind Matt Wallace, Patton Kazire, and Brant Snedeker. Uh, those three guys all finished in the top ten. You combine that with the fact that he was rolling the rock and he gained strokes off the tee. It was only a quarter
1: of a stroke off the tee, but over four rounds for Jordan Spieth, that's a big deal. What do we talk about every week, Colby? I mean, the most important strokes gained stat is approach to green. Proximity to the hole. You know, and, and, and every single week... We see it be the most pivotal stat unless someone just goes bananas on the greens or, or someone is just hitting it terrible off the tee. But this week, I mean, Jordan Spieth was around, you know. He, like zero, you know, uh, strokes gained off the tee. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything special off the tee this week, even though he did hit 10 of 14 fairways on Sunday. But approach, it's every single week. That's the most important stat, and that's especially the most important stat at Augusta National next week when you, you don't want to leave yourself long lag putts.
3: No, no, there, there's no, yeah, that's the last thing you want out there is a long lag putt. And, you know, go to, go, go into Speeth, you know, a little bit. He, we brought up his putting a little bit, and he, he was 1.43 on the week putting, which was his, technically his second highest, of, um, less than his approach. But on Sunday, gentlemen, he gained 2.69 on the field. Yeah. He made a lot of clutch putts. And what I thought was interesting on, on the last round, his around the green stat wasn't that high, but I thought, like the shot that he hit on fifteen, and what was the other hole that he had to hit a little bit of a chip shot? Slip it slipped in my mind. Right? Seventeen. He hit 73 seventeen yards yep, in. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Charlie
2: little... Charlie Hoffman had just cut the lead to one, and I thought Spieth being as aggressive as he was on seventeen and hitting that wedge shot in there to five
3: feet, I thought that's what really secured the tournament. What for him. What, what I think secured the tournament was was a little bit before that. That fairway is at least seventy yards wide. The fact that Charlie Hoffman did not hit that fairway with the fairway wood is almost as bad as layup with an iron into a hazard. It was hor- that that fairway is huge. Literally, the only difference between being
1: on the left and the right side is the left is a little bit lower. Hoffman jinxed himself with the t-shirt earlier. In the the week. Charlie he, Hoffman Open. He had He did. It's add, the Jordan Spieth Open.
2: I, yeah. It's no longer the Charlie Hoffman Open. It belongs to Jordan Spieth now. Yeah, he, congrats he for on Jordan for winning his his state open.
3: Yeah, his state, yeah, they won. Yeah, the state open. Yeah, where he grew up. Yeah. Probably playing against a bunch of hacks out there who uh, probably local qualified and all that. Um, no, they had to turn in their gin, gin G- scores. Yeah, I yeah. had to write a little resume of yeah. their past performances and put, how they put, did. Your, put
2: your handicap on there. I think they had a net event as well going on on the uh, on the canyon <laughs>
1: canyon course. Canyon course. Yeah. Boy, boys, I got a little trivia question for you. While we're oh, still I got on the it. subject hit of speed, hit me. All right, since 1960, two guys have won the week before the Masters and won the Masters Ooh. the week after. Who are they? Oh, I know
3: one of them. One of them's Phil.
1: Yep. That was Phil. That, he that was won the, at the Bell, Bell South. South in Atlanta. In, that's was that when in 06. That, that was the yeah. second one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That,
3: that was when he won by 13. Yeah. At the won Bell by South. 13. Then won the next week. At Augusta. Oh, I should know this. Oh, next I'm one.
2: I'm just going to guess Jack because he won Augusta six times. It was so. not Jack. I, okay. I
1: would have guessed Jack too. I, I just was playing. I'm the going odds. out on the limb. Fuzzy Zeller. It was not Fuzzy Zeller. Any show, more guesses? Me, show me Nick Faldo. Not Nick Faldo. He is on the other side of the pond though.
3: Oh, he is oh, on the other uh, side uh, of the so pond. Ian Woosnam.
1: Nope. Seve Ballesteros. Bernard nope. Langer. Nope. Oh, Langer well, he said since one.
3: 1960, so we, get, we there might be one
2: yeah, way back there. Yeah, it might be way back. All right, just
1: give it to us. Just it's give it to Sandy us. Sandy Lyle in 1988. Ow, Sandy oh, man. Lyle. He won at Greensboro the week before the Masters. Shout out
2: Sandy Lyle, who was the sharpest dressed man at Augusta in November, <laughs> by the way. He's the one that wore the suspender. Oh, right? yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sandy was rocking these suspenders. So, great tournament, Spieth. 66 on Sunday. Gets in at 18 under to win by two shots over Charlie Hoffman. My close personal friend, Matt Wallace, with the solo third at 14 under. I mean, there's a pretty steep drop off. I mean, T6 was nine shots back of Spieth. So it it was like there were a few guys that were going low and everybody else was kind of battling it out here in the middle. Now, guys, Ricky Fowler, we talked about him needed to win to get into the Masters. So this will be the first week since the 2010 US Open that Ricky Fowler will miss a major championship. After an opening round 76, though, 68-69-70 for Ricky, he ends up getting himself a T-17. And I just want to know, and Tyler, I'll ask you, do you think that Ricky, with three pretty good rounds this week in San Antonio combine that with the fact that Jordan Spieth just broke out of his huge slump, do you think this was a big week for Ricky just confidence-wise to know, okay, I played some good golf, and if Jordan can break out of his slump, why can't I break out of mine?
3: Yeah, you know, you, you always want to try to put everything into your own bubble, right? But at the same time, Ricky has been pretty much compared to Speeth during this whole journey, right? They've kind of been step-by-step step with when their game started to drop off and the fact that they just hadn't had much success. Really, the only difference is that Spieth has been able to come back the last few years and also Speeth has won the Masters so he could play Augusta literally until the day he dies. And so, you know, going on to Ricky, I think that... Maybe not even just all of these factors, but just the fact of he's finally getting that kick in the butt that he needs. Like you said, the first major since 2010. So we're almost 11 years now, and he's played every major since then. And there's a reason you're not teeing it up. He's not like Tiger and injured and just not playing. He's not playing because he's not invited, and you're not invited for a reason. And so I think that is going to be an eye-opener for him, and I think that that'll be – I think he's past the point now of pressure-wise because it's in the sense of oh I had so much pressure to not miss a major now I finally missed it and you kind of mentioned it earlier Sam about playing feeling like you have a uh, ton of bricks on your head or yeah. on your on your back and exactly I think that that's I think Fowler will have a little bit of that come off of him just from the fact that the whole Masters worry is finally over with and he can just progress on with his career and you know at what point does he keep keep the ball moving even more forward. I mean, a top 17 here is definitely good looking at the stats. He was pretty good off of the tee box, which is something that I know that Ricky has struggled with, but, um, and actually gained a little bit of strokes in every area this week. So, so that's a positive sign when you look at his game overall, but I think from a mental standpoint, guys, I think that just the masters being past him will be a bit of motivation as compared to all the pressure that he had before trying to get in the event.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but man, it just doesn't look like the old Ricky Fowler we've we've known and loved. No, it, it doesn't still doesn't, not even this week. Um you know, it, especially on the greens, I mean, it, it doesn't look like any good. You know, he used to be one of the best putters I've ever seen, just that little natural stroke, and it it just doesn't – it looks like he's trying too hard. And sometimes you just got to try less. I, I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes you just have to, like, let it go. Well, you, you know, just real quick,
2: you talked about Jordan Spieth said that there was a lightness about yeah. him. There's not a lightness about Ricky Fowler. No. Everything feels forced
3: right yep. now. Oh, no. I mean, there's literally, like, like you said, it seems... the try, But you can definitely try too hard. You can want something too bad. And I think one of the uh, great um, examples of that in other sports is like Russell Westbrook. I mean, you want to yep. win so bad, but yet you do so much stupid shit when you're out there that it doesn't matter. <laughs> and so, you know, I feel like that that's what, you know... I mean that's that can happen in golf. I mean we know. I'm um, just look at this, guys. So like you said, uh, Ricky finished at what five under, and so had he made two more birdies, he would have finished twelfth. Which I mean, how many more FedEx Cup points and money is that? Or if he had made one stroke better each day, he would have finished ninth, which would have been T
1: six. And, and that's just one stroke a day. And just to mention, you mentioned T twelve. Matt Kuchar finished T twelve. That was my one and done. He's played good two <laughs> weeks in a row. Never won a major. Maybe he can be the one to get the monkey off his back.
2: Hmm. Oh, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Uh, Matt Kuchar did finish in T T-12. He
1: plays good at a guest, though. Yep,
2: that was Sam's one-and-done pick. Taylor, you had Charlie Hoffman at the Charlie Hoffman Open, a pick that I said I loved, (laughs) and I I couldn't believe that I didn't pick it myself. Uh, But, no, I wanted to go with Abraham Answer, who finished T-23. He played okay. He played good. Yeah, it was only a difference in about 760 (laughs) k in the one-and-done pool, which I don't need because I'm I'm in a solid second out of the three of us. So I don't need that. I don't need that extra 760 k uh, So it was a great weekend for Jordan Spieth. And it, it was a great weekend for the game of golf. We got a sneak peek at Augusta National with the Augusta National Women's Amateur and the uh, and the drive, chip, and putt finals, which took place yesterday. Everybody was tweeting. Everybody was out there. JT was out there. Uh, Kepka was out there. I think Adam Scott was out there. I know Bubble was there on Saturday for the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And it was a very different tournament than the first time that we saw it back in because in 2019, we had a couple of veterans that went low and were duking it out with great shots. And on Saturday, we really had a bunch of pups, kids, 17-year-olds yep. out here staring each other down on the back nine at Augusta National. And it was not as clean of golf. It was not as pretty as go- of golf as what we saw in 2019. But Subasa Kajitani ends up defeating Emilia uh, Migliaccio to win the playoff at the Augusta National Women's Am. So,
1: great tournament. Anytime we can see Augusta in April, count me in. Hey, and it was great to see a sneak <clears throat> a sneak peek of the course. I mean, it was pretty oh, pretty awesome so to good. notice the difference between November and April. Yep. I mean, it's just way more green. It's um, perfect. But I do want to bring up one thing about this ANWA. You know, it, it's not it's not a a man versus woman debate. It's it's an amateur versus pro debate. And I want to I want you guys to go watch the end of this ANWA, the back nine at Augusta. And and look at the difference in golf. I mean, you had Limblad who who choked on the back nine. You had Kajitani, the person who won, who literally boned a chip shot. 30 feet past the pin, and then three-putted for double on 17, and she's the one that won the tournament. She made double double from greenside. She had a two-shot lead. It looked like she was going to be able to coast.
2: All she had to do was get up and down from just short. Not only did she not get up and down, she makes six. Of course, then she made a phenomenal
1: par on 18 uh, after having to lay up out of the fairway bunker. Zang, the phenomenal Mm -hmm. 17-year-old, Duck hooked it on 13, yeah. made triple on the easiest hole on the back nine. Well, and, and
2: wasn't it a lost ball because she had to re lot.
1: It was a lost ball if because had she the hit water, it left of yes. the hazard. If it would have been they, in the water, it would have been a lot better. She probably could have yep. made six if it would have been in the water, but because she lost it, she made yep. eight. You had Karen Fredgard. Who hit it in the water on fifteen? It looked like yeah. she had the tournament in her in her hands, and I was rooting for her because her caddy is from Oklahoma. It's Stacy Stacy Lewis's husband, oh, and he's nice. the head coach at Houston. And then to top it all off, you had Amelia, who on the last hole, the the girl from uh, Wake Forest, yep. uh, who was Jennifer who, who, who ended up finishing runner up. Yeah, in the she was runner up in the playoff. She hits a perfect drive right down the middle of the fairway, and then hits a half like just totally fanned it right, like, hi-yah, out to the right of the bunker. It didn't even go in the bunker. I wish it would have. In the bunker would have been better. It would have been way better. Did you but, see the camera
2: angle from behind her looking at that
1: chip shot? Yeah. Oh, my God. But I guarantee you, that wasn't that hard. It, 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 she had a bunch of green to work with.
0: That lie was it, tight, It though. was tight.
1: No, no, no. I'm about to explain. Under that circumstance, it was very tough. You give that girl... Eight, I bet she gets that up and down 8 out of 10 times. At least puts it within 6 to 8 feet. I think it's at, more of a 5 out of 10. At most. You know. that thin
2: lie. I think it's more of a Either 5 Either way, out of
1: 10. The, 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 the problem was the second shot. You can't hit yes. that second oh, yeah. shot out of the middle of the fairway. Oh, yeah. When, when and, she
2: was leaning, I thought, oh, she faded out to the right. She's going to be in the bunker. And then it landed, and I was like, oh.
1: And then Kajitani <laughs> hits a very lackluster second shot as well she to did. the wrong tier in, at the back of the green. And she actually made a great two putt. The I'll two give putt her that. Was, was that, nailed. that was awesome. Yeah. And Klajitani, Klajitani. Yeah. claw yeah. for the brand, yeah, baby. For the brand. Klajitani. No, but you, you know, it, <laughs> It's not. It, I'm not talking about women's golf. I'm talking about amateur versus pro, and the and the level of golf we see on the back nine of Augusta with the men. And you just have to appreciate it because it's not that easy. And these women are the best in the world for their age. And 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 they it, it, the level of golf is just astronomically higher. In the Masters, than it was. Well, in I the mean, even even on the A-N-W-A. LPGA
2: yesterday, we see Patty Tavitanic have to shoot a 68 to hold off Lydia Coe's 62. So I mean, yeah. they're like firing birdies, chasing each other down. The biggest difference I noticed in watching amateurs at Augusta to watching pros at Augusta, the tee shots coming into 16 on Sunday. Every year at the Masters, we see the pros and they take it and they all put it right in that correct spot on the shelf and it yeah. funnels down. And we see a ton of guys make birdies yeah. on 16. I don't think I saw a single birdie on 16 at Augusta on Saturday, and that's just the difference between the amateur and the pro game. They were either going a little bit long on that ridge and then having to putt from just that far left side of the green, or they weren't quite getting it far enough, and they were leaving it down there on the
1: bottom shelf 30 feet underneath. And one more thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, Trevor Immelman actually made a really good point on 15. Um, it just proves how much playing this course every year and, and these pros get experience. And, and I've, I've always said, if you haven't played a course 10 times, you don't really know it like the back of your hand, you know? And so that's another thing we should know. This was the second time any of these girls had ever seen the course. exactly The second time. So my point is Trevor Immelman on 15, I forget who it was, but someone had a putt, um, from the right middle of the green on, on, uh. Or right back of the green, excuse me, on fifteen. I think and it might have been Mahaffey. Might have been and right. Yeah, and, and the putt he goes. This putt looks like it breaks left because it goes left off your feet. But if it's not left of the hole, it's going to break right with about two feet to go. And he was exactly right. And it's just little stuff like that um, that not maybe having the course knowledge that that really hurts. Uh, The scores on the back nine as well.
3: Yeah, you know, two things I want to uh, point out is one is that um, OSU's Maya Stark. If I'm not correct, didn't she win like a one out of like six uh, six woman playoff on Saturday to get to get into Augusta?
1: Thursday on Thursday. I'm sorry. Then had the low score on on or was it Friday?
2: Uh, It it was Thursday because they play Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Practice round at Augusta on Ah, Friday. Final round is Saturday. but it was a 6-for-1 playoff, and it lasted all of one hole. Maya Stark went out and birdied the first hole. Yep. Got through the 6-for-1 playoff into Augusta. And yep.
3: ended up shooting 69 the low round. at Augusta. Ended up finishing top 10. Congrats yeah. to Maya. On, on, only three shots off of the, off of the leaders, may we say, or the it, winner, or the playoff.
2: Th- I mean, okay, so she posted, and then everybody else is making doubles and triples and bogeys all over that back nine, and I'm like... Surely they're
1: not all going to back up that far. And I they didn't. I but. don't use choke lightly. And and you mentioned Mahaffey. Mahaffey looked like she was going to be in the lead, and then she. Fatted it in the water on twelve. There
2: were, I think, there were legitimately eight different girls who had a chance to win that yeah.
1: tournament on the back nine it and made monumental mistakes, big not just not just like oh, she missed a putt here, if, missed a so putt if, there. If
2: Rose Zhang just fans her tee shot out to the right on thirteen, she wins the tournament. hundred percent. All she has to yeah. do is fan it out to the right on thirteen, she and wins she the tournament. Was by
1: far, you know, I, I talked about Beatrice. But she's Wallen. also
2: only seventeen years old. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I talked about Beatrice Wallen before the tournament being the favorite. Uh, But really, I... Zang is this 17-year-old. She's wearing an AJGA shirt out there playing against <laughs> playing against these college girls. I mean, and and just whipping up on them. But it was just that one tee shot on 13 that cost her the tournament. Heck of a birdie on 14 to come back and at oh, least yeah. give herself a chance. Um, but, man. And, and, and she, she almost birdied 18. She and, had two good shots into 18. And, she had a 15-footer to get in the playoff. Sometimes you make those, sometimes and, you don't. And one thing that hurts with Zang real quick was on 15, she didn't have the distance to go yes, for it. In she two. had to lay up. Yep.
3: Here's the question I'm going to ask you guys. So I'm scrolling through here and I'm looking at. This is the perspective I'm taking from because we talk about like you use the the you like you said Sam you don't use the word cho- you don't use the word choke lightly but that is kind of what we saw down the stretch and I, and the thing that I thought about it was was that you know the the the, the Jennifer Cupcho won the first one and she was and she's an American right so I go through here and I look at um some of the other different countries that are affiliated so we got like France Denmark Austria um Japan's in there um let me see here there's a couple more Sweden, so, Sweden my Sweden, fr- of Sweden yeah yeah so my point I'm asking here is that do you feel like the pressure? But since this is just a, a newer tournament, do you feel like the pressure of being the first from your country to win this event had a lot of impact on these young women? Because I feel like that that would. That's a good
1: question. You know I what? Think it I don't did. Maybe, but it, it's such a new tournament. I think it might be more that it. In my opinion, and 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 people of the U.S. women's amateur might get mad at me, but I think this is the biggest event in women's golf. Amateur wise, now it, now it is. Yes, I, I, would agree. I think it is because it gets the most coverage. Uh, people, you know, that are casual golf fans might watch uh, this A and W A that wouldn't normally watch because they want to get a sneak peek of Augusta. You know, And and they get to see these – and everyone has a college, and most of these girls are from colleges, and so they want to see their college do well. So there's a bunch of rooting interests that aren't necessarily on the LPGA Tour, which I do – I would like to see a professional women's tournament out at Augusta. That's just my opinion. Um, But I do understand the amateur element because of Bobby Jones and everything. I I love it. I I, I absolutely love this tournament. But I think, back to your question – Maybe not the first from their country was the most pressure, but maybe it's just because this is the biggest event that they have, that this and the U.S. Women's Amateur.
2: Yeah, I think that this is the biggest event. And I love what this event is doing for women's golf. It's really putting a huge spotlight on it. And, and for me, it was it was kind of cool. On Saturday, we went to Tulsa. Uh, my mo- we're celebrating my mother-in-law's birthday, and we went over and we were hanging out with the family. And we've got some, some cousins, and they've got an 8-year-old girl. And so I turned on the Augusta National women's amateur and we're sitting there and I'm watching it with an eight year old girl and she looks up at me and she says I didn't know girls could play golf on TV (laughs) and I I swear that's what she said and I was like oh sweetie these are the these are the best in the world on the best course in the world like this is yes girls can do this and it it was just it was really cool for me to watch that with her it's just that's cool representation matters and it was cool for her to see that and you know she's got her little starter set of golf clubs so I I hope she gets into golf and and enjoys it and um, but yeah it it was really cool Cool for her to see that. So I love what it's doing for the game of women's golf because I know we're all about growing the game, and I think I think this
3: helps a ton. I, I completely agree with growing the game and growing the game. Go, go! I want to dive into the the drive, chip, and putt before we before we change subjects. And look, there there are 98 percent of the drive chip. Uh, let, let me say 95 percent of the drive chip and putt stuff. I love. There is one big complaint I have about it. And I want to get y'all's take on this, and I do not blame I do not blame the kids one bit for this because, like, they're given like on their chips and their drives, they're given two shots at it. I mean, you have two <laughs> shots at it. But but here's my point. I saw I saw one one young girl, I believe, it was a seven nine division on that putt on eighteen. She took two and a half minutes to hit this putt. She walked around it twice and then lined it up and then wa- So
1: I would too if I only had two I, shots. I, I, I
3: know, I know. That's my point. That's my point. So <laughs> what I'm saying is is that. The neg one of the things I'm noticing negative about this drive chip and putt is that it's it's helping emphasize slow play on young players because okay. Okay. It's, because it's focusing on the fact of hey I only have one shot to hit so I can take four minutes to hit yeah. this ball yeah but in reality that's not how golf but, sh- how golf is and like I said I'm not blaming the kids at all for taking forever to hit I would do the same thing I'm just saying that is the one negative I'm seeing from this is that it is
1: encouraging slow play for younger players that's one more- positive about it only being a couple shots. Um, I, I like, I played in the drive chip and putt, uh, back in the day that used to be in Kansas city was the national tournament. Wasn't exactly Augusta national, you know, back in the day, the golf channel drive chip and putt, um, it, it was a different thing back then. Um, but one positive that I do see out of it is only having two shots is, you know, it, there's a bunch of pressure. It's like it's like a 18th hole coming down the stretch. There's a bunch of pressure on that one or two shots, you know. And
3: especially for those young kids, like they were chipping when JT's sitting there watching. You get two, oh, you yeah. get two chips, and the uh, number three player or two or three player of the world's well, watching well, you hit. Well, that well, JT's little...
2: watching. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm pretty sure Bubba was still out there, two-time Masters champion. Yeah. Kepka, four-time major champion, I think was out there. It's. I mean, that's pressure, boys. And I,
1: and I want to give a quick shout out. I saw um, on Instagram yesterday. I was doing Easter stuff yesterday, so I wasn't. Watching the uh, the drive chip and putt, but uh, you know, I I saw this swing by Yana Wilson and Charles Howell III has it up on his Instagram story right now, um, and, and and it's just unbelievable. She's twelve years oh, old. I saw that one. It's an incredible golf it, swing. It, it's <laughs> the, the 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 instruction that these kids are getting at such a young age, bro. I was out there with a reverse C hitting slingers <laughs> like in my in my you know. Okay, I didn't know she was my 12. Knees. Yeah. You know. I didn't know she was
2: 12. I saw that video yesterday. I assumed she was in one of the older age divisions.
1: You're sure she's 12? No, not positive. I just said she's around 12. Okay, okay. I, I,
2: I want to look because, I mean, her swing is out of this world, and I would love to know how old she yeah. is.
1: No, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how old she is. I was just saying 12 because drive, chip, and putt. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, still, regardless, that's one of the most beautiful swings I've ever seen. Man, woman... Adult, child, you know, it's unbelievable.
3: Yeah, it's it, you. It doesn't matter how old you are. If your swing's on plane, it's on plane, right? Yeah. And so, and you're pure. And so, you know, I I I, I, I was shout out my criticism from it because, like I said, there's so much positive from the drive, chip, and putt. I, I loved what I saw out there. But besides of the taking three minutes to hit a shot, which I said I would do the same thing. But nevertheless, I think it's great to see that the growth of golf is in such a good spot. Because, yeah. I mean, look at those little kids. Just like the swing you just showed us, Sam. I know we're on a podcast, so our listeners can't, can't see it. But make sure to go to – you said it was on his yeah, Instagram?
1: Her, or? her name is Yana Wilson. Yana right. Wilson. Y-A-N-A. Yana yeah, so Wilson. So, everyone
3: looked this up. I mean, this thing's just – swing's just as good as Louise is, essentially. 100%. That's what, it, what yeah. it looks like. And so – you know, th- there's always a debate of, oh, are these kids getting too technical now? You know, are they trying to be like robots and all that? And it's like, she, hey, it doesn't matter. Room. That that, that's, that swing looks as good as I've ever seen. So and she,
2: I, she's in the 12 to 13 age group. She, yeah. She won the 12 to 13 age group.
1: I unbelievable. I can't believe she's that you young. You know, that's the most impressive thing I've seen since the by, 14 by the way, year old that made the cut you, at the Masters. You, know how far right. that, yeah. you imagine that he could have been in the drive, chip, and putt. <laughs> yeah. You know far and far he got thrown for slow play. <laughs> you, you know how far the drive went that she hit on that swing? How far?
2: 253 yards.
1: Oh, my God! For,
2: for a 13-year-old? 12- to 13-year-old girls division. She'd, asked, she'd yards. be
1: asking Colby where the new Walmart is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd tell her to. to <laughs> you, you'd be, giving her, <laughs> to you'd be giving her strokes, bro. Oh, uh, no. I
2: need pops. Yeah, <laughs> or, I'm no, sorry. She'll be giving you strokes. I'm yes, sorry. I phrased yes, that wrong. Yeah, I, I phrased need, that wrong. I need pops for sure. Big time. Uh, all right. Why don't we do this? Let's take a break. Come back on the other side. We still have so much to get into. But our man Woody's going to join us. Jim Woodward, Oklahoma golf legend, going to join us after the break. We'll talk speed. We'll get his master's picks. Woody's always got a, a nice dark horse or two for us so we'll get all that from woody uh, then we'll recap what happened on the lpga with the a inspiration uh, we'll talk oklahoma state they went down to augusta this last week without austin ecro we'll tell you how ecro did in san antonio how oklahoma state did in augusta a lot more to get to stay with us here on the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf oklahoma
4: when something the size of a golf ball hits your roof you need to call mccray roofing mccray roofing is oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist for years, Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McCray Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs.
2: Welcome back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of golf, Oklahoma head over to golfoklahoma.org and make sure you check out the 2021 KitchenAid senior PGA preview edition of golf, Oklahoma again, golf, subscribe, and you can listen to the podcast right there on the homepage, golf, We are thrilled now to bring in as we do before every major champion, because you know, we need an expert. We've got our man, Jim Woodward.
0: Woody, what's up? Glad you could join us today. Oh, it's Masters Week. How about anybody else? You know, I've got weeds growing. That tells me it's time to play golf. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I love that, Woody. Um, well, Woody, you know, Masters Week—it feels right. You know, like it, it, the November one was fun, but this really feels like it's—it's it's Masters Week. Like I feel it in my heart, you know. And and uh, and, and it's my favorite week of the year. But uh, but some people are calling Masters Week this week Speed Week. Uh, and uh, after he won last week, you know, Woody, your job is to get people out of slumps and 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 help people with their swing and and help them mentally as well. Um, as a PGA professional, you know, um, with Speeth, Woody, you know, how, what have you seen of him getting out of this slump and and, and, and what impressed you about this week and, and the past few weeks of him uh, kind of getting his game back in shape?
0: Well, as you guys know, your golfers, I think there's two slumps there's, there's a mental slump and there's a physical slump. There's something wrong with the golf swing where they can get a little bit sideways but i i truly believe in my heart when a guy falls off the tour that has been a world-class player he lost his heart and his drive and that's why he, that's why he didn't sustain or come back if you look at the truly great which i think people be one of the truly greats he's got that burn and that desire you know he never gave up if you guys can think back all those bad rounds and all that all those press conferences and all that talk about well will you went again you could always see it in his eye and you could hear it in his voice there wasn't any give up in that boy so he was going to figure it out i mean i was a year early when i picked him last year for the open i believe what i picked and y'all laughed at me but <laughs> we, we did laugh at you, Woody. we did, hey, we did. That one, I, don't include me in that woody <laughs> I, I deserved it a little bit. I was a little ahead of the, I was a little ahead of the curve uh, <laughs> of where I thought he would be. Uh, but, you know, it was just a combination of, of a lot of things, but I, I can tell you what it was is a, on his part, a lot of hard work and a lot of determination not to call in the dogs and, and, and to give up. He just, he didn't have that in him and I never saw it in him. And I knew at some point he'd work his way back. Now, Granted, uh, the Bolero Texas Open in the Masters, but it's not like this boy hadn't played good there before. So right. he's coming. In, he's coming in with just a ton of confidence. You know he is. He's probably got a little bit of that swagger that he's been missing. But by the time you guys piece him all the way through, I, I do think when he went to talk to Butch Herman, that was a big a big thing because Butch is so much into building the guy's confidence and at that point, that's what speaks. That's all he needed. He just needed somebody that he trusted besides Cameron McCormick to say to him, hey, you're still one of the best players in the world. You've still got game. Why don't we work on this this, and this? And, right. and I promise you, it wasn't big. It was not big what Butch told him to work on. I guarantee it but it was just another one of those stones being piled up to where he got over the hill. So yeah, I'm pulling for it.
1: Yeah. You mentioned his confidence and he, and he put it as a lightness, you know, like light on your feet. You know, he said, uh, he said it felt like he wasn't as heavy mentally yesterday. Um, but you, 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 technically Woody, you know, you know, the golf swing just as good as anybody. Uh, lately his proximity to the hole, um, you know, has been one of the best on tour, uh, what what have you seen in his iron game and his off the tee still decent? It's getting better, and then his
0: putting. Have you seen anything technically, Woody? Uh, you know, as far as uh, his putting went, I think I, I think what he started struggling with was just his speeds. Where normally <clears throat> he is he is spot on with his speeds. He, he reminded me of Ben Crenshaw back in the days when I played like off Ben Crenshaw. It wasn't that I thought that Ben Crenshaw had the prettiest stroke in the world, just like Spee's, but they controlled the speed on no matter what, how fast the dream went or slow the dream was. I swear to you guys, if, if, if Ben didn't make the putt, you flinched because you thought he was going to make it. It, it. Everything hit the hole or got around the hole. Speed did that for so long that I guess we just took it for granted. Tiger was the same way. Unbelievable speed control. All of a sudden, you start, instead of making those 30-footers or darn near making them, and they're all just kickaways, they start getting three or four feet from the hole. And like anything right. you guys know, as Lee Reno say, pros putting for pars are like dogs chasing parked cars. It ain't going to last long. <laughs> no, so, it's not. You know, when he's when he's got those three, four-footers and five-footers, and, and then – You know, I don't know why we even play this stupid game because what it does is it just starts tearing you down stick by stick. And, you know, this starts going awry, this starts going awry, this starts going awry, and then your attitude gets bad. I mean, it'll drive you to the nuthouse if you let it. So do I think speed swing is better than it was when he went into this bunk? A little bit better. He's a little tighter, but he was always a great iron player. Always a great iron player. I think a lot of these guys fell into the DeCumbo trap of trying to hit it further, which I think Jordan did. You know what? You got a certain game, play it. Yeah. Just take what you got and go play with it. It wasn't like he wasn't winning with it. It wasn't like Rory had won with what he's got. Uh, I guess it's just inevitable that everybody's casing that, that demon out there that they think there's perfection. Not in golf, there You forget it. If you think you're going to find perfect in this game, you better take up Bowling because you're going to be wrong.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the best quotes ever. Because, you know, like even the best golfer of all time, Tiger or Jack, whoever you want to look, they've they've had bad weeks, bad tournaments, missed putts. I mean, this is definitely the most unperfectible game out there imaginable. And that really leads to my question for you, Woody, um, because you brought it up. And I thought it was a really good point. And I think all of our listeners out there uh, should listen. I want your feedback on this. The fact that you mentioned that there's two different kinds of slump where there's you know a technical swing slump and then there's a mental slump and you know one thing that can happen is you know if you're if you're so bad in one of them it can transcend onto the other you know so if you're swinging horribly then your mental can get bad or vice versa if your mental is bad you could start changing your swing up and doing all these different things and so you know like for example when you're out on the tour woody and you felt yourself maybe either creeping into one of those type of slumps or maybe even having both of them together or even as a teacher how do you how would you teach yourself and how would you help with your and your students to help get through both of those types of slumps or the same one both at the same time
0: well um... If, if if my golf swing fell awry, I, I, I'd first go try to find my coach and, and just make sure our basics were good. And that's usually what we'd always go back to. We'd go back to the fundamentals. We weren't looking to reinvent a new golf swing because obviously the golf swing was good enough to get us to tour. So you can't be too bad if you're out there that way. But <laughs> I do believe that The hardest thing in golf, which makes no sense to me, mind you, because the ball doesn't move and the target never moves. Wherever you're aiming, it stays stationary and so does the ball. And you would think to yourself, well, why can't you just set up to it the same way every time? Well, I don't know why. That's why golf is so hard. Uh, A lot of times, even the world-class players will get off either in their alignment, being right or too far left. They'll get their ball positions too far back or up. They'll get too close or too far from the ball. (laughs) Excuse me. There's just a lot of things from a set standpoint that screw you all up. Right. Now, 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 on the the other side of that coin, mental, usually when you have guys that are fighting something that's, that's, we'll say mental for a better lack of terms, um, it starts, like you said, with bad rounds, um, bad breaks, and and everybody can dwell on bad breaks. That's easy in golf because it seems like you get a lot more of those than do the other, but I, I still believe they equal out. It's just we remember the ones where you got kind of hosed. You know you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yep. You and, always remember the one that hit the tree and went out of bounds. Exactly. You don't remember the one that hit the tree and fell down by the hole. It, it, it's just <laughs> our nature. That's what golfers <laughs> do. They – They want to beat themselves up, and so what I said about speed is what I I truly believe. If you look at what I call some of the the really good players that have been were playing really good and then just kind of fell off the map, Uh, you know, David Duvall was one that comes to mind right off the bat. He was world number one. When he got to it, he looked around and he says, "That all there is. And then when he started struggling a little bit, he didn't want to practice. He didn't want to keep grinding. Uh, Ian Baker Finch used to hit the prettiest little fade, and he decided he was going to start drawing the ball. Um, Two years later, he was gone. I mean, he couldn't find the planet Earth with a golf ball. So sometimes we're chasing, again, like I said, that perfection sometimes we just got our dober down and we just don't feel like doing it anymore. We don't feel like hitting balls. So our hands are bleeding. We, we just don't do it. Jordan, he never, you, you notice he didn't, he didn't make excuses. He just said, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. I'm going to get there. So I think as any player knows, there's demons that are in your head. As soon as you go back to basics and as soon as you go back to just, Hey, I'm going to get the ball in the air. I'm going to hit solid. I'm going to try to roll my puck really good. I'm not going to worry about this or that. I'm going to kind of let this thing run its course. That's usually when you, you come out of them. Some guys do, some guys don't. I don't know why.
3: You know, right before we move on, Woody, I want to put it in perspective because what you said was right on with Ian Baker couldn't find the ball on Planet Earth because he hit it out of bounds on the first hole at St. Andrews, if anyone thought that that was possible or not. <laughs> Literally that's 150 150 yards possible. left.
0: <laughs> yeah, left, left. All right, now you can do it right. I mean, I could see a guy actually getting one, maybe out of bounds. Right? I wouldn't have thought there was a chance in all get out for a guy that's what we call a tour pro to hit it left out of bounds there.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just not something that's easy to do. Uh, all right, would it, no, let's. let's you, want, you ready to transition to to the Masters this
0: week? Let's go for it, boys. I mean, I'm 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 there. I've got. I have a list of guys. You guys are going to, have to tell me what you think.
2: All right. So, so hold that thought because before we get your list of guys, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to rattle off off the top of your head what is your favorite par three, your favorite par four, and your favorite par five on the course. Well,
0: it, there's no doubt the par three is 12. Yep,
1: yep,
0: 100%. Uh, it, is, it is no doubt. It is 100% the best par three on that golf course. It's not even a challenge from that standpoint. Um, if you look at par fives, I've always liked 13. I, I, and I always will like 13, even though, you know, 15 and 2, they have all of them have their things. Eight, you know, we, we all know there's some really good holes out there. Okay. Um, par four wise, uh, it'll surprise
1: you. I like the fifth hole because oh, it's, so mean, it's always the that toughest is good hole. And they have that new tee box back, you know, kind of more behind the green. It used to be kind of like over the back left of the green. Now it's more like, you know, back center, you know, it, so on on four, you know, I'm right. talking about four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and so you- they made it longer and oh. put that bunker more into play. So they made the hardest hole on the course actually even harder, you know, and it's yeah. honestly yeah. probably Woody for people that haven't been out there, you know, one of the least watched holes, you know, on Augusta National because most people will go from like, you know, uh 2 and 3 over to 7, you know, like people don't right. normally walk right. walk back there, but uh but but what what makes 5 so special and or do you, do you just like how, you know, hard it plays? I think I think it's
0: just it's at a point in the golf course where you're getting your round rolling, and you've just played four, which is a really difficult par three, and then you you kind of got those back to back. Where where if you can get through there with a three and a four, then you start hitting those easier holes, or I call them easier holes. That's all an oxymoron, but <laughs> you know. But six is not a six is not just an overly difficult par three. Now they've made seven a lot harder hold than what it was when I actually got to play there at one point. Uh, but then you got eight, nine, and then you hit amen corner down through there. But I don't know. It's number five. It doesn't get the fanfare like 17 and 14 and 10 and 11. Those are all great holes. But I mean, it's like you guys are asking me, you're, you're at the Miss universe pageant. And which <laughs> girls are prettiest? <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, they're all beautiful. What I mean, so that's why I look at Augusta. They're, I can't find a bad hole on the golf course.
3: (laughs) Woody, I'm not really sure how to follow up with that. That is one of the best analogies I've ever heard. And, and, you know, to to go back to your uh, hole number five point, one thing I think is underrated about the hole is the green complex. And, I mean, you guys have been out there and seen it. I mean, how much is the front of that green actually, that false front, how steep is it actually? Because it looks so severe on TV, but I bet in person it's even more. Sam or Woody, feel free to iterate on how steep that is.
0: Well, the whole place is you feel like you're on Mount Everest. I mean, it, 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 until you go to Augusta and really see it, as good as high-definition TV is, it doesn't even come close to how difficult it is. And that's why, guys, we're sitting here talking about the Masters. Who do we always tend to go to when you're picking favorites? People who can putt. Because yeah. putting is so difficult there. It's just killer there. Right. So, yeah. And, I and, mean, that, you know, that grain, wh- just so you know, it falls off
1: severely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and people don't realize the undulation in the fairway as well. Like number 13 is like Talladega. I was, I was watching the women's golf, the ANWA with my girlfriend this weekend, Woody. And, and I was trying to explain to her like that they're swinging like a baseball, like in the middle of that fairway, you know, it's very, very undulated. You just can't see it on TV. It's, um, it's something that it, like to behold, if you see it in person, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, but what do I want to, I want to kind of transition to, uh, to Bryson DeChambeau this week. We, we talked a little bit <laughs> about Bryson DeChambeau uh, with you in the past, um, you know, but, but he's kind of being slept on a little this week, uh, surprisingly. You know, I, I mean, he's one of the betting favorites. You know, but but everyone's talking about JT winning the Players' Speed. You got DJ, who's yeah. the defending champion, Rom, who just had his baby, which was super clutch right before the tournament. He doesn't have to deal <laughs> with that. You know, but what what do you think about the Shambo this week? He might be a guy that we don't quite talk about as much because we have Speed Rom, you know, DJ and and JT.
0: Yeah. And and you hit that list. You were spot on. Uh, They throw McIlroy still in that list simply because they know just like speed. I don't know when it's coming guys, but he will show up again. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. That's what they said about Greg Norman, Woody. (laughs) I know. I know. And, and so when you, when you come into this golf tournament looking at those guys, DeChambeau's got every bit as good a chance as all those names you just threw out there. It, it just has to fall into place. We 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 all know he's going to hit that driver and he's going to hit it a long way. So, if he's got that thing where he's controlling it, which he's uncanny where he can do that, he's, he's gotten to be a lot better putter, which nobody's giving him credit for his putting. You know what I mean? But, I mean, he's gotten to be a really good putter. So, can he beat Dustin and Justin and Jordan and Rom and Rory? Sure he can, but Willie? I don't know. I mean, but I think it's better for him that he's not on the radar so much. And they're not just bending his ear about how, well, you know, like in November, they thought he was just going to dominate after what he did at Wingfoot. Uh, You know what? The the golf gods at Augusta had a different plan for him. And if you think they won't smack him around again, if he gets a little too cocky, you're wrong.
3: Well, and you know what, Woody? They they probably will because he keeps coming out and saying that the par the par at Augusta for him is sixty seven, and uh, I mean that's five under par. And so, I mean, if you shoot yeah. that three times in a, or four times in a row, you're going to shoot twenty under, and you're going to tie DJ's record. Or or did DJ finish at nineteen last year? Well, well, no, he finished twenty. I think twenty. Yeah. He finished at twenty. Okay, yeah. right on the head. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of leads to what I want to ask you, Woody. Is and I asked this to to Sam's dad, Craig, when we had him on for our Masters recap uh, last year in November. Is You know, everyone was talking about Bryson before last year's Masters. And Bernhard Langer, 63-year-old or 62, however old he is, goes out and beats Bryson. Hits it 100 yards shorter than he does and goes out and beats him. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we see courses where they continually play it every year, like TPC Sawgrass and Colonial and, you know, various other courses. But it seems like Augusta, for whatever reason, has this ultimate horse-for-course type of mentality to where you have your Freddie Couples who have played it 35, 40 times, and it doesn't matter how old they are. Father Time doesn't beat them, and they still go out there and finish top 15. And so, in your opinion, Woody, what do you think it is about this course that, that makes it to where – and to also put in perspective, we've only had, what, one first-time winner here or two first-time winners? Ex- or We've had one first-time winner excluding the very first one, Horton Smith, and that was Fuzzy Zeller, who won in 79. Right. So, what is it about this place to where you just have to play it so many times to be able to get used to it? What, what about the feel of the course, Woody, is, makes it like that, unlike some of the other courses that they see on an annual basis?
0: Well, I, no matter how much they lengthen it, it's still about still putting the ball in the right place. Augusta National is, is like any really great golf course. The more you play it, the more you understand where you can miss it, whether it's Oak Tree National, Southern Hills, any great golf course that you step foot on, There are certain places you know where to miss the golf ball. And you only find that out after you've missed it in the wrong place a few times. And then you go, you know, I'm a bit of a moron. I probably ought to figure this out, that this is not the place to hit it. So each year that you go back, that experience grows. Now, if you're smart, like Jordan Spieth was and a few of the young guys, what do you do? You go in your practice rounds or you search out the veteran. You go and figure out from there. When Sergio Garcia started at Augusta playing as a kid, very young, who'd he play with? Sebby And, jo- right. and Jose Maria, too.
3: Who and Jose
0: up. Maria I lost, I lost the ball. You're right. I forgot about that. But what, if you're smart, you check your pride, and you immediately go and find that guy. If, if I was going to go to Augusta tomorrow, and all I had to do was putt, I would get Ben Crenshaw to go around and be my caddy. Right. Because nobody putted those greens better than he did, okay? And even over the years, they've changed the surfaces from Bermuda to other grasses. It's still the same undulations. It's still the same golf course. So those guys know where to miss it, and that's why they're better. I mean, golf's really not a matter of how good you hit it. It is really, guys, how good you miss it. And Augusta is big on that. If you're going to miss it on 12, which last year they didn't do, or the year Tiger won, they sure didn't do, where'd everybody miss it? Short and right. Yep. Where can you not miss it on 12? Short and right. you got to have the discipline to not even aim at the pin. You aim over there left of the bunker, and you knock it on the green from 40 feet and try to put and get out of there. Yep. But tour pros' mentality these days is, you know, because they are this good, well, I can shoot at that pin. I. I know I can get it in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can't. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. As, <laughs> as we saw Six in, guys later, you go, maybe I can't,
2: yeah. Right. As we saw in 2019, I mean, even as we saw in 2016 when Danny Willett won, uh, I mean, Danny Willett yeah. won because Jordan Speed blew up on number 12. It, it's a hole that has caused some people some problems. Uh, there have been great moments on that hole. Obviously, Fred Couples in 92, somehow his ball stayed up on the bank, and that helped propel him to win the tournament. So, sometimes the golf guys are looking down on you, sometimes uh, also, not.
3: Also, small fact, I think there's only been like three or four hole-in-ones on hole 12 over the entire year. uh, Of the course of the tournament, which I find very fascinating. Don't you guys? Uh,
2: The only flag, though, that you can really take dead aim at is the one that's right in the middle. Even the one on the left, most guys play 10 to 15 feet out to the right of it, so I think it's just a matter of you you know, and you can talk more about this Woody, but like you were talking about discipline, they put the pin on that hole and on some others at Augusta where you just have to play away from it and take your medicine, and I think a lot of times we see whichever guy's able to do that, kind of like what Tiger did in 19,
0: that's the guy who ends up being able to hoist the trophy. Well, I think it's the reason why I said it's the best part of three I've really played ever in my life and I only got to play it one time. But what'd you make? I'll just say I made three. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a cute story about this. I had I was I was in college at Oklahoma State and one of the guys on our golf team knew an original member and that's how we got on the golf course to play it. it was two weeks before the Masters. Very
3: nice. Wow. And
0: and so the golf course was just coming into its beauty and we get to number 12, and the caddies we had, if you remember, you guys probably, I'm dating myself, but back in the day, they had to use caddies from Augusta. They couldn't bring their own caddies.
1: Right. They, yeah. uh, they had, mm-hmm.
0: they had a, a, a huge amount of caddies there, so my guy was had caddied in countless ma- uh, masters. I don't know how many, but we came to 12, and I wasn't playing too bad. I was close to par, right around it, and uh, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and we were just standing and with no gallery that that's just a tee box out in an open field it's just yep. crazy when you see it. it it just literally out in the middle of, the, of nowhere but we get to the tee and the wind's swirling just a little bit which is scary and he said you got 150 yards boss and I looked at it and I <clears throat> had my hand on my clubs you know and I'm kind of hesitating he goes 150 boss and I said yeah I know and he goes let me make this easy for you he says if you hit at 155 or 145 we gonna make five <laughs> that's great so, so, so what it, so
2: so i take it you hit at 150 then since you made three it i hit it <laughs>
0: 150 and made my three i couldn't hit a better seven iron in there at that time of course they're hitting nine irons or i was hitting seven irons but the bottom line was is that caddy made it perfectly clear to me. You have to hit this ball 150 yards. And and that green is not wide at all. It's wide, but it's very narrow. And that's what you don't see on television. I mean, they're just it's just a little sliver in there. And when that wind's swirling or gusting, guys, I'd rather go have a root canal. I really would. Then to have to try to pull that club there. It's just brutal.
1: Yeah. Woody, you, you know? Um, you're out at the you're out there at Oak Tree National and everything, um, and, and teaching out there. But you also get to uh, kind of observe these guys like Hovland and Wolf. Um, what, what do you think uh, their chances are this week? And what do you kind of see in their games that might fit uh, Augusta National? Maybe either course management wise or swing wise, uh, ball shape wise. You know, anything that you kind of see uh, in their game that might uh, benefit them this week.
0: Well, first off, what you see in their games is they're both winners. And, uh, you know, they're they're exceptional, which is what it takes to be on the PGA Tour. But when I look at their – just when I watch what little I've gotten to see them and I listen to when they hit balls, it just has that special sound. Um, Wolf especially – off the tee can just bomb that driver, which which means he's going to have a, an advantage at, at Augusta. Uh, neither one of them is scared. They, they both think they could win. I guarantee you they do. Hoblin, I think day in, the, day out, hits his irons probably a little bit closer to the hole than, than I've seen Wolf. but I haven't seen him play that much to really tell you anything, but I know they're both real good.
1: Yeah, so you, know, you know what, just, for, just from my perspective of playing with them both a little bit, you know, I, I, I see uh, Wolf is an uh, a really underrated putter. I, I see him. Um, it, it, it's unbelievable how good of a putter he is, at least just out there playing at Oak Tree and everything. Yeah. Um, but I see, I see Hovland. People ask me, Wolf or Hovland, and I was like, "There, yes, you know, like there's no right answer, you know." And but, uh, but 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 what I see from Hovland is he's just so consistent. Um, and, and I see, like you said, his iron play at Augusta could be a big factor this week. And and when we look at the favorites, you know, he's in there within the like top 10, 15 range of the favorites. And uh, and I don't disagree. I think Hovland could have a great week this week.
0: I think he just, uh, with Augusta, we just don't know. But I think one of the stupidest statements I ever hear anybody make is when they say that a tour pro is not a good putter. 100%. Yep. I mean, excuse me for just one second, but there is no such thing as a bad putter that is playing on the PGA Tour. Now, there are some that are better putters than others, but I always get tickled when somebody says, yeah, he's just not a good putter. Well, he's one of the top 125 players in the world. I think he puts better than you do, so let's move on from there.
3: Yeah, there, there, there's really no doubt. But I think that gets so underrated is the fact of, you know, how good that everyone is really just at every aspect of the game. People – like, you, oh, it's, like sure. you mentioned the other day, Woody, there's no short players out there on tour anymore. And, uh, you know, so nope. everyone does does something right. And, you know, I'm, you know one thing I want to get your uh, opinion on before we get to your picks is that, you know, you mentioned the um, – you know, obviously how speed is so important and how you would look for Ben Crenshaw per se, you know, to, to teach you how to, you know, go around the greens and that kind of thing so what I guess my question I would be asking is is that from your experience playing that course if you if someone was to come up to you and say hey you know what would advice would you give me for this course what would be like the top maybe three green complexes that are just so unique and so obscure that you have to miss in the proper spots what 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 are some of those holes or some of those greens that you've played or seen that you feel like that maybe just watching on tv that you don't get the full experience of
0: well, gosh, I hate to tell you, but there's not three; there's eighteen of them. Um, <laughs> so, there is literally, I swear to you guys, on every one of those greens, there is a place you don't want to be, and there's a place you do want to be. And and inevitably, it's just like any major championship—you you better be below the hole. And there are sometimes you're better off chipping to a pin placement than you are putting. And I know people can't grasp that in their minds, but. It's a fact. So, if you're if you're really scared of any green out there, uh, it's it's a lot of the par threes. Believe it or not, uh, those greens on those par threes there are very severe. Even number four, which is a huge green because it's such a long shot, has a a very major undulation going through it. All of them do. So. You know, what you see on television and what you actually see in person there is is quite different. If, if, if there is one green at Augusta that's fairly flat, you know which one it is?
3: Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't have a clue. Um, a flat green? Would it be pretty, number pretty seven? H- how about 11?
0: How about number 12?
3: 12. Yeah, 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 you're I right. I yeah. guess 12 is the flattest, yeah. But it's also the narrowest, it's too.
0: Just, Oh, without a doubt. I didn't say that. I just said, <laughs> what, what can you imagine if they had the green, let's say, on eight, on number 11 or 12? Well, nobody'd finish the doggone hole. They couldn't. Yep. The ball would never stay on the green. So that is the only green on that golf course that I could remember that didn't have a huge break in it somewhere, even 11 believe it or not, guys, has a huge break from the front going back towards the water. Yep. So yep. it can get really quick going towards that water. Um, 12 doesn't have that. Yep. 13's got the same thing. 14's got that big hump in it. We can go green to green. We ain't got enough time uh, to talk <laughs>
1: about those greens. What Woody? My last question before we get to our picks. I just wanted to ask you about Rom. Uh, analytically, this week, Rom has a ninety point six percent chance to make the cut. That's the highest we've seen about uh, for anybody to make the cut this w- or this year so far. And he has a ninety point six percent chance, and then a nine point one percent chance analytically on data golf uh, to to win this week, which is a, a huge margin. But how, how you you've had children and you have played uh, after having children um especially this first week after having a child uh do you think that'll have any effect on him and, and maybe not uh make him the favorite like it says analytically
0: well i, I think anybody that that has, has been a father for the first time that's a high that you can't even possibly imagine that that until you do it you can't really relate to it but the fact that He's had the baby before Augusta, which frees his mind up. What we've got to guess, I think, I think there's a real good chance he could have the week of his life, and and or he's going to have some point he's going to have a burnout where that high, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like a Saturn five. If it, if it doesn't fire on the third stage, you're coming right back. So right. Um, I I think that if he was one of my favorites, I won't lie to you, because I know having just had baby like that, he's gonna be so excited you can't believe it. So and golf now takes a little bit of a different perspective to him because now not only does he have a wife, he's brought a child into this world and you know, three putting might not seem that big a deal to him after after you know now that you've got to take care of a baby the rest of your life. Or, <laughs> a, or, or a human being for the rest of your life. Yeah, um, right. absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, that's,
2: that's all great stuff, and it'll be interesting to see how he plays this week. So, uh, it's time, Woody. You said you've got some guys on your list there. Give them to us. Give us your picks. Maybe a, a winner, somebody to, to come in close, and maybe a dark horse to sneak in there.
0: Well, I think I think Rom. I'm not going to pick him as a winner, but I think he's going to be right there. Um, I really do believe that in my heart. Um, you know, I, I know you guys were thinking I'd go with speed. I'm not going to and I'm, I've questioned it a little bit, but I, I think he's on a roll too, and I would be surprised if he's not there. Um, but I think if, 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 if I'm going to, to go out on, on the limb as I tend to do, and it's not a big limb, I feel like that Justin Thomas. Um, I just like where he is in his game and what he does, and I think he's due to, to, to light it up there. If if there's a sleeper that I, I I'm gonna call out, I think it will be Cantley because he cuts so good. Um, yep. And Cantley, uh, like, people forget he had the solo
1: lead at the Masters a couple of years ago when Tiger won. Or, yeah, at one yeah, point he eagled
2: fifteen. He yep. was out a few groups yep. in front. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and and don't ever forget that daggum Webb Simpson. He has it just a yep. funny way. He doesn't look like he that got that great swing. He, he, he putts with that big old long thing, cross-handed up his arm. I don't know how he does it, but he's not one of those guys that you go, oh, wow. And, and But there, there's another one out there that might surprise you this week that's such a good putter. And, again, see, I go after these putters is Matthew Fitzpatrick. And now, he's a long, long shot, but he's a great putter. So, if you see his name jump on the board, trust me, it's because he putts good. You, um, you ever get tired of so, watching him putt with the flag stick in? Oh, yeah. I get tired a lot of things as Europeans do, but I'm not going to be that political, <laughs> blip- <laughs> correct? Um, yeah, so, I mean, but you guys are on it. I, I think the funny one is is Kepka, that they're saying he still might play. Well, let me tell you something. There is no way if, if, if Kepka really did – hurt his patella which i did that i told you guys that story in 93 where i tore my patella and just destroyed it down in houston not, correct yeah there's no way this guy's playing golf if if he plays and they they bold face lie and i'll i'll, I'll say it right to his face and then he'll kill me but, <laughs> but i i would i would tell you he did not he did not damage his patella if he plays golf this week at at augusta i'm telling you right now there's there's no chance he did that. He was, and or maybe it did, was just minor. Maybe it was
1: some sort of minor. He was seen practicing at Augusta yesterday. yesterday. That's yeah. Great.
0: Well, it had to be really minor because if he had, if he'd really ask Andre Robertson, that you know the Thunder yeah. player that there is, is, you don't just bounce back. Murray never healed, so um, I just I call bull on that. But he would not be any schemer on my board to pick because yeah. I just don't really believe he can play with that injury. So, what you, what but those
1: for? are. What are you, if we're doing three? If we're doing three picks in a dark horse, you know, you know who is a dark horse. If we're saying dark horse is outside the top twenty-five, is the thirty-eighth 38th, 38th ranked player in the world right now is Jordan Spieth.
0: Can you really be a dark horse though if you're a betting favorite? Does he? Yeah, does he count? Yeah, yeah you can be both. You can be both, and <laughs> and uh, I, you know what? I'll be. I really am going to be interested to see what Jordan Spieth does this week. He might come in and light it up and just run right over. I, I don't know, guys. I, I I just what I think is so cool that he's worked his way from the from that depth back up uh, to where he is winning again. So that 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 just shows a lot about who that kid is. So I'll just yeah. tell you that.
1: Well, a lot about him. You told us who you like Woody, so I'm locking you down. Top three in order and a dark horse.
0: Okay, top three in order. We'll go with we'll go with uh, Justin Thomas. All right. All okay. right. Uh, my dark horse, I'm going to say Webb Simpson. Okay. And that's, again. you know, and the guy I think could win if, if, if Thomas Sutton is Cantley.
1: Okay. So you got, you got, uh, you got got Thomas
0: Cantley and then, uh, my dark horse is Simpson. Okay. I like it. I like it. And you know, one, and then just go ahead, Woody. look for look for Fitzpatrick too on the leaderboard. I think he might surprise you.
3: Uh, one, you know, one of the things because it, it kind of went to the question I asked you earlier, Woody. I remember listening to Webb Simpson after a um, after one of his post round interviews <laughs> last year and talked about how like even mid-round he realized that he was aiming at too many flags and how he needed to play more conservatively and um, you know learning like exactly what you said where to miss it and I think that someone like Webb Simpson who openly admits that he learned that and can learn that on a first-hand basis might even have a better chance than he normally would you know just because of the fact that like like you said Woody you have to know how to get around that golf course and you have to know where to miss it and that's why we've only seen um, one first or technically two first-time winners and and you know, also too, we're talking about Spieth, um, Sam brought it up before you came on, Woody. There's only been two winners, or only two individuals who have won the week before the Masters and won the Masters, and that was uh, Phil back in 2006 and Sandy Lyle in 88. In yep. 88, yeah. So, um, so if Spieth was to do it, he would be one of few. But and, and you know, normally, Woody, I don't like to pick people the week after they win a tournament, but I think that I think that Spieth's going to go into into Augusta with with guns blazing and just the fact that he plays in and knows those greens so well. I really like his chances this week.
0: Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. What's the most fun about what you guys are going to get to watch this week? Do, we don't know, do we? No, we don't. I, I,
3: we I tell don't you, know. I, I tell you the saddest thing is that Tiger's not playing. That's by far the, the saddest part about the tournament. But, um, you know, obviously the, the best thing about, about – the Masters is the the Sunday back nine just because even what Spieth in 2016 had a five-shot lead going into the back nine. And he didn't win, and he, he lost by like three shots or something to, to Danny yeah. Willett. So anything can happen on that back nine, and it's so interesting to watch like the first three days of the tournament because you think you know what's going on. You think you know who's going to win or has a chance, but until you get to Sunday around 3 o'clock our time, you don't have a clue what's going on or who's going to win. None of us do.
0: You know, I usually don't have a clue till it's about six and I got a green jacket on somebody. <laughs> exactly. That's when, it, that's when I usually go, wow, okay, he did win. Because I just believe there's there's no safe number until you actually put that ball in on the last hole. I just – there's just too much that goes on on that, that little golf course there. And I'm just glad that uh, – The voting changes in in Georgia haven't caused us to talk about moving to the Masters. Where will we (laughs) move? There's no doubt about that. There's only one place to play
2: the Masters. Uh, There's no no doubt. Woody, you are the man. Enjoy Augusta National this week. It's Masters week. It's golfer's favorite week all across the world. We always appreciate your time and your picks, Woody. We'll, uh, We'll have to grade them at the
3: end of the week, see how you did. Yeah, I can't wait. Usually it's an F, but I might surprise you.
1: All right, Woody, you're the man. Appreciate it. I'm, you headin- with- I'm heading to Vegas for your picks right now, Woody, so I hope you're right. Yeah, don't bet much. Woody- <laughs> Woody's dark horse is the ninth-ranked player in the world, by the way. I like it. <laughs> the true dark horse is Fitzpatrick. The true dark horse is Fitzpatrick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Woody, you're the man. Hey, there's no dark horses. All right. <laughs> Woody, you're the man. Go play some golf.
3: Thank you, guys. Yep. talk uh, to you later. Much love, Woody. See you, bud.
2: Those are our man, Jim Woodward. Woody, the legend here in the state of Oklahoma. Always appreciate him joining us as we head into the major championships to give us his picks and his insights, some great stories from his times at Augusta National. He is an absolute legend. Speaking of legends, the Diffie Ford Lincoln team is pleased to announce that they have won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealer in the nation, and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So, whether you're looking for the all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try. A place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahomans for 67 years. Gentlemen, let's just do some how Housekeeping here and clean up what else happened this weekend in the world of golf. A lot went on. And, uh, Sam, I know you've got a, a young yeah. man who played some good golf this yeah, week. Yeah, I
1: want to give a shout-out to Bryant Polehill of Edmond, Oklahoma. Shot a 5-under, 137 in the Ooh. AJGA preview down at College Station at Texas A&M the AJGA. It's That's a first, hard golf course, It's too. a very hard golf course. You know, the traditions, right? Is that what Tradition, it's called? Traditions, yeah. That's what it used to be called, at least. Yeah, and, and, and so... It's his first AJGA win. He shot 2 under par 69 in the first round and uh, and a 3 under 68 in the final round. He had 10 birdies on the weekend uh and 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 made back-to-back birdies on 14 and 15 uh to get that AJGA championship. That's huge for a guy uh you know that's uh, that, that's coming up and trying to get a scholarship and his brother Brock Polehill obviously played it uh, Edmund North that now plays at Wichita State, uh, so that's that's huge for the Pole Hill family. Maybe younger bro is uh, is giving him a little run for his money. Brock,
3: no doubt. And you know, one thing I want to to emphasize to your point, Sam, and, and to the young man that won the tournament, this college station event, at least what it used to be, was like like you have your AJGA Invitational.s then you have your opens that are one slot below that. They're all they're almost like semi invitationals, and and that's what this College Station tournament is. Yep. It, it, back in my at least back when I played Sam, I don't know if it still is. It was the biggest non invitational AJGA yep. out there. So I mean, to to win this event, you're not playing. This isn't just one of those opens where there's six other AJGAs going on around the country, and so every good golfer in America and even outside of the country is coming to College Station to play this tournament.
1: Yeah, and it might be a little different now because they have a full uh more full schedule than when we came up and played. Like it used to be that college station was like the first tournament back, mm-hmm. you know, uh a, a of the new of like the summer and spring schedule, you know. Yeah. Uh but now it might be a little different. But either way, he definitely had some college coaches out there watching him, I guarantee you. And and, it, and if they weren't out there watching him, they were uh, definitely taking notice. So so huge, huge week for Bryant Polehill. Um Taylor, I know that uh your OC boys right, uh were in action. Uh, We had Oklahoma State in action, Colby, uh, down at the the Haskins Award Invitational, and and, and I'll just bring up OU. Uh, Right now, through two rounds, OU is in third behind Florida and Florida State in the Calusa Cup down in Naples, Florida. Uh, OU shot a pair of 293s, Um, and and Jonathan Brightwell was in the the lead after the first round, but then uh, Joe... Uh, Pagden uh, of Florida is actually in the lead with a pair of 67s individually. Uh, our guy Quade Cummins with a pair of 72s. Uh, and then Garrett Reband with a pair of 75s, which, uh, you know, the course is playing a little tougher this week. He's tied for 25th. Quade is tied for 6th. And Brightwell is in 2nd. Uh, so so it's going to be uh, very interesting coming down the stretch, as we've talked about, about PGA Tour U. Uh, but OU in 3rd down in Florida, in Naples.
2: Yeah. And Oklahoma State actually went down to Augusta uh, for the Augusta Haskins Award Invitational. And they went down there without Austin Eckrote, who missed the cut at the Valero Texas Open, playing that event as an amateur. Oklahoma State was actually behind Pepperdine by nine shots going into the final round. Oklahoma State betters Pepperdine by 11 in the final round to uh, to win. Oklahoma State was actually, Pepperdine was the second best team in the field on Sunday. Oklahoma State shot 18 under on, as a team. Pepperdine shot seven under. So Oklahoma State leapfrogged them and ran away from the likes of Illinois and, and Arizona 18 State. under
1: in that final round. They yes. were actually yes, 37, 37 under? I mean, for, my for goodness. Th- yeah, that's for, some for three great rounds. golf. Great yeah. golf. I don't care if you're playing the red tees. That's and, great and, golf. And, and no
3: Austin Yeah, I was about to say, with that one, They're one of the, what is he? fifth in the PGA Tour U yeah, rankings now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, I know we... I, did all of us pick him at San Antonio, or did, were you out on it? I don't, know. I I don't not, mean... I, I did not, I, I, not pick I, I, him at San Antonio. For DraftKings. Yeah, for, for DraftKings. Draft yeah, 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 right. yeah. We didn't... We Not want it done or anything like that. But, um, you know, also, too, to go into the college side of it, um, my alma mater, Oklahoma Christian, they're starting a turnip, tournament up today down down in Denton, and um, it's, it's kind of early. They've only played five holes. They're in second currently. Um, the only other local school looks like... Uh, they're southeastern Oklahoma State, where my dad went to college. And then Cameron is also in the field. So there's some of the smaller universities that are getting into action this week. And best of luck to all of them except for the other two that aren't, that aren't Oklahoma Christian.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely, 100%. And, uh, guys, there was a major play on the LPGA this week, and, I mean, it was Patty Tavitaneket, and she pretty much ran away with it. I mean, she had a big lead. The only person who really made it interesting was Lydia Ko with a Sunday 62, which was just a disgusting tie for Whoa, the course what, record.
3: What, what was the, um, how do you pronounce the last name I keep? I don't want to put It's Patty Tavitaneket. It, I mean, you nailed it twice, Tavitanniket. three times. Tavitaneket?
2: Tavitaneket. Tavitaneket. The reason I know this, in 2018, at Carson Creek, they the national championships she was at the time i believe in her sophomore year at ucla and i was volunteering with the golf channel and i had to radio in who was making what score on what hole and i was with her group one day so i said at about 100 times that day so i got used to saying patty tavatanic so i was as i was watching the A;A uh saturday more so th- than yesterday I was like, man, she is young. She just turned 21. Uh, a few months ago, she turned 21. She's a rookie on the LPGA Tour, and she's got her first major championship. And, guys, she is a bomber. Th- this number is a little distorted because it was 100 degrees. Course was playing hard and fast. They only measured two holes. But her driving average, uh, average driving distance for the week was 323 yards. And, like I said, Woo! that's a little distorted, but. Guys, men and women who write for the LPGA Tour have said that she's one of the longest players the women's game has seen in a long time, and now she's a major champion at 21 uh, and held off Lydia Ko 62. Nella Cor- Nelly Corda was uh, one of those in a tie for third. Of course, the highest ranked American in the world. So, all in all, a, a good. A good major championship again for the women.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. so so we go what eighteen under, sixteen under, then eleven under is down at yeah. third. So I mean, we, it was essentially a two horse race. I'm really, it's, a one was, horse race after like Valero.
2: The, First and second
3: finished 18-16 at Valero and at the A&A. Yeah, so the, the these guys and women are are good. And so you know, you mentioned earlier that. Um, Gosh dang, say the name one more time. I'm going to get... Patty Tavitaneket. Love it. Y- yes, man. You see, I, I, it just sounds so elegant when you say it, <laughs> too. But it doesn't matter how distorted... I mean, it would have to be times point, like, almost 100% overweighted for it to make... 326 off of the tee box? Are you kidding me? Yeah. For, 320,
2: 326. Th- 323 was the average or for the event. But in round two, she averaged, I think, 339 in round two on the measured drives. So, I mean,
3: she's... It, it was a hard, fast course, and it was hot out there. But, I mean, she was hitting bombs. I mean, that's, that's impressive, guys. And so, I mean, I think, you know, we're at a point now, guys, to where – we, we're, we've we been talking so long about dialing it back for the men and how we think that's stupid. Are they going to start dialing it back for the women now, what, too? Let me see if this is uh, course. l- 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 women's courses? This, this is an old button.
2: Everybody bear with us. But I'm pretty sure this weekend, Patty Tana- it was hitting... Hitting bombs. Oh, Phil. <laughs> we got Phil joining the show today. Hitting bombs. Oh, you got to love it. You got to <laughs> well, love that's it. that's
3: all Phil can do anymore because he dang sure can't play the weekend. So, Fellas, I
2: think there's about only one way to end this show. I mean, there's really... Oh
3: just, Lord. just everybody take it in. Mm. It's Monday of Masters Week. <sighs> Tomorrow, uh, you know, I'll yes. say this: one of my best friends got married, walking down the
1: aisle to this music. If you uh, ever, if you
3: still have not gotten married yet, this is the best music to get married to. That's a good woman.
1: That's and, a good woman. And I love how Colby has it on the soundboard with the green. Oh, we're green ready to go. No, it's on I, the yes.
2: green button too. Yeah, of all yeah. the buttons, our board has. We've got eight different buttons that are different colors, and of course, I programmed just le- the green. Just let button. it go. Let it go. Oh, it's so elegant. Craig Humphreys, Masters Aficionado, will be joining us tomorrow. <laughs> Got great shows lined up for you. Which is the whole show with this background? <laughs> Just lightly playing yeah. underneath <laughs> us for an hour. Absolutely brilliant. Great stuff from Jim Woodward today, fellas. Great show. Great weekend of golf. What a, I mean, the weekend before the Masters, and we get that good of a weekend of golf, and now we get the Masters to back it up. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to make our picks tomorrow. Everyone make sure that you come back and join us on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.